Wow, what a wonderful Sunday. We thank Jesus who is giving us this privilege. We want to share the word for a few minutes and then we will carry on in prayer. This is an opportunity to remind you that uh, we are slowly but surely going toward the end of the year. July is the first month, I can say, of the second semester, and we are almost at the end of July. In the big theme God has given us through this year, Faith in Action, for this month of July, God has been teaching us to destroy, to overcome pride. Throughout the month of June, he spoke to us to destroy the spirit of Jezebel. Now, I continue on this uh, topic, overcoming the spirit of pride. We have seen what it is, the causes of pride, and how to overcome it. Last Sunday, we spoke to overcome pride through the revelation of the holiness of God. Now, today, as I started on Wednesday, I will speak on purifying our lips to overcome pride. Just as the lips of Isaiah were purified, God is also teaching us to purify our lips. On Wednesday, for those who have been here, I did share five things which can show us how and clean our lips can be attracting pride. The first thing we saw is that pride, which is in the heart, is seen in our lips through flatteries or through flattery. Psalm 12, verse 2. People who are full of pride, they never want to be contradicted. Therefore, they, they surround themselves with people who will flatter them all the time. How do I know that I have pride in me when I enjoy flatteries? Am I communicating? Number two, the pride in my heart, in your heart, is seen in my lips, in your lips, through lies. Because you do not want to admit certain things, you do not want to admit reproaches, you will end up lying to justify yourself, to cover your mistakes. And we saw it through Psalm 31, verse 18. Just write down, when you go home you will read, because we went through it on Wednesday. Number three. Pride in the heart is seen through the lips that are deceptive. Keep on convincing yourself that you are always right. Even when it's obvious that you are wrong, but you keep on justifying yourself. That is deception. And uh, you can read for that Psalm 34, verse 13. Number four, pride in the heart is seen in the lips that are violent in words. 
violent speech, violent words. We saw it in Psalm 59, verse 7. Psalm 59, verse 7. And finally, pride in the heart is also seen through poisonous lips or words. That is terrible. When someone speaks, you feel destroyed. You feel like you are nothing. And that keeps on affecting you. And I've said that shows that behind those words, there are spirits that are working. It's very dangerous. You can read for that Psalm 104, verse 3. Are we together? Now, all this from what Isaiah saw. His lips were purified as a seraphim, a seraph, I mean, took a live coal from the altar and touched his lips. And he said to him, see, your lips are purified. Because himself, after he saw the revelation of the throne of God, the holiness of God, he said, who to me because I am a man with unclean lips and I live among people with unclean lips. Now, how to understand that? Now you have the full picture. He was referring to flatteries. Imagine him as a prophet. Most prophets, because of the gift they have, they can see things, they can reveal things. If you are not careful, before you prophesy, people must praise you. Have you not seen that? And we find it normal. It's pride. It's pride in the church. So he could have been himself also in that trap. That's why he say, oh, I am a man with unclean lips. I have let pride express in my ministry. And God wanted him to realize that. Now you can understand that all these five things are happening in our lives and even in the church. Therefore, God says, be purified, purify pride, your lips, I mean, so that pride might not be in you. Hallelujah. Now, I want to come back to Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, because he says, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, a high throne. In the year King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his strength filled the temple. Just that verse allows me today to say, Purify your lips to avoid a tragic end. Purify your lips today to avoid a tragic end tomorrow. Am I communicating? In other words, avoid pride in all its forms. Avoid it 
for you to avoid a tragic end tomorrow. Many have started very well, but they finish badly because of pride. Say, O oh Lord, purify my lips for me to avoid a tragic end. I want to end very well. I want to end in glory in the name of Jesus. Now, in the year King Uzziah died, that's when the revelation was given to Isaiah, the prophet. So it means God was teaching uh, Isaiah on something regarding the life of this king. In the year he died means in the year, a king that was highly elevated, a king who was so powerful, blessed, but died tragically, ended tragically. In that year, God gave a revelation to explain why. Do you understand now? God gave the revelation to his prophet Isaiah to explain what has been the cause of that tragic end. And that is the same cause affecting the whole nation. And if people do not pay attention, the whole nation, the whole people will also have a tragic end. Unfortunately, that is what happened. to the people of Israel. Now here, King Uzziah is reigning over Judah, the two tribes, Judah and Benjamin. It is called the kingdom of the south. The kingdom of the north, Israel, is the kingdom of the 10 tribes. Are we together? So it means what started in the kingdom of the north the corruption through Jeroboam, remember, don't forget Jeroboam, because the spirit of pride, we began to see it through him. Now, his pride contaminated even the kingdom of the south. Pride in the kingdom of the north contaminated the kingdom of the south. Jeroboam is that king who did not follow what God said to him. Although it was established over Israel, over the 10 tribes, with the promise of reigning forever through his descendant, just as it was promised to David. But he, he refused intentionally to go and worship in Jerusalem. God said to him, it is true that now we do have two governments. One government of Israel in the north, another one in the south. But when it comes to worship, I just see Israel as one. All of you, you go and worship in Jerusalem. Now Jerusalem was the capital city of the kingdom of the south, of Judah. 
That's where the temple was. This king, Jeroboam, said, no. I will not go and worship there. I will not let my people go and worship there. He presented to them the golden calves and say, this is your God, Israel, the one who took you out of Egypt. Are we together? And that has been out of pride. And I said, pride is the beginning of witchcraft. Before Lucifer became Satan, he was Lucifer with pride. Witchcraft is the result of the punishment because of pride. So you can be in the church full of pride. You can be in the presence of God, but having pride. It takes God to cast you, to destroy you, for you to become devil. That's why I said, we concentrate more on witches and wizards. But we do not see the pride within us, which is more dangerous. More dangerous than witchcraft. Am I communicating? Are we together? Now, in the year King Uzziah died, we have there, therefore, to study this king. Who is this king? What happened? Now you understand, is the king of Judah. Something went wrong with him. But before we see what went wrong with him, we have to see how good he was. Amen. Let us read in 2 Chronicles chapter 26. Purify your lips to avoid a tragic end. That is our subtitle today. Second Chronicles chapter 26. We read from verse 1. I will go down until verse 19. Hallelujah. Until verse 21, sorry. Are you there? Second Chronicles chapter 26. Who is this king, the king of Judah? We read now. Then all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old. This is after the death of his father. His father ruled just for four years, and he died. Now he left a son who was young, a teenager. And by principle, a king... When he dies, it is his son, the eldest son, who must sit on the throne. And that son who had to replace him, his name is Uzziah. How old is he? By that time, he's just 16 years old. Say with me, just 16 years old. So a teenager. They made him king in place of his father, Amaziah. Amaziah. He was the one who rebuilt a lot and restored it to Judah after Amaziah rested with his ancestors. 
Now, first king I want, I want to highlight here. He was established king in his tender age, as a teenager, which implies to begin to reign in life early. I have come to declare to you this morning, reign in life as early as possible. In the name of Jesus. He didn't prepare it. It, is, it was by God's grace. Because something happened, his father died. So that means God is the one controlling event in life. And may event that God is controlling lead you to begin to reign as early as possible. In the name of Jesus. Now, this is a sign of a favor of God upon his life. I have come to declare that same favor over your life. You shall begin to reign in life as early as possible. In the name of Jesus. Oh, don't wait to be very old to begin to enjoy life. Reign in life as early as possible. Begin to live your destiny as early as possible. Some people, they are 60, they are still searching destiny. At 60, you don't know. You are still searching. No. You have to know and to understand as early as possible. It is a sign of God's favor. It is a sign of God's blessing. Number two, in verse three, Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem 52 years. How many years? 52 years. Longevity in reigning. I declare longevity in reigning. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That is exceptional. Even David did not reign as long as Uzziah. David reigned how many years? For those who read the Bible, how many years? 40 years. 40 years. Now this one is reigning 52 years. And in those days, Israel or Judah they are surrounded by enemies. You have to be a warrior to stand, as we will analyze it shortly. So what I want you to have in mind, not only he began to reign early, but he also reigned for long. May God prolong your reign. In the name of Jesus. Where God has established you, no one is supposed to take you out of that place. In the mighty name of Jesus, you shall reign for long in Jesus' name. Now, his mother's name was Jecolia. She was from Jerusalem. This speaks a lot. Here we begin to see a third thing particular to the life of this king, the environment. 
the first aspect of the good environment he had is where the mother came from. Remember Solomon is the one who introduced foreign gods in Israel by marrying many women from foreign nations. As a result, God was not happy and God said the kingdom will be divided because of what you have done. But now here they are telling us the mother of King Uzziah was from Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the city where God has put his name. Jerusalem is the covenant city. Till to date, when Jesus Christ comes back, he will come back from there. He will not come back with him in South Africa. Uh -uh. In Jerusalem, on the Mount Zion. He will come back. Because God has chosen that city. The mother was from Jerusalem. Meaning, this is a mother who knows spiritual things. This is a mother who knows the law. This is a mother who is in a relationship with God. Not like the, mother, the mothers of other kings. Not like Jezebel. She's not like Jezebel. She's for Jerusalem. Am I communicating? So it means she has a special grace. And remember, we have just read the father died after a short period of reign. So it means the mother has been the one grooming the son, reminding values to the son. Because he was just a teenager. For you to reign early and to reign for long, you need the good environment. The good environment starts with your family, with your parents. Am I communicating? Most of us, we are the result of what we heard our mothers, our fathers saying. The pride in us has been transferred because of what we saw, because of what we heard. So first aspect of the environment is the family. He had a good mother, an inspired mother, a God-fearing mother, a mother who knew God's covenant with his people. Hallelujah. Second aspect in the environment of Uzziah, the Bible says, Uzziah did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father Amaziah had done. So he had a good father who did what was right in the sight of the Lord. He sought God during the days of Zechariah. Who is Zechariah? Zechariah is the prophet. The man of God, God sent to you, is your spiritual environment. The church God gives to you is your spiritual environment. Just as you do not choose a biological father, a biological mother, by destiny you do not also choose your pastor. It is God who directs you to your pastor. Amen. We have thousands of pastors out there. 
But not all of them are your pastors. But many of us struggle to understand that. That's why they cannot reign early. That's why they cannot reign for long. And they are still searching for the good environment. He had a good mother. After the death of the father, the mother continued to provide leadership, values. And from the time he became king, by principle, every king had to be attached to a prophet. He had a good prophet, Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of God. Another version says, who had the intelligence of God's visions. That is your man of God. Hallelujah. So this is to describe the spiritual environment of King Uzziah. As long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. Now you understand why he ruled for long. As long as he sought the Lord, as long as he heard Zachariah, as long as he referred to him, his mother, God gave him success. May God give you success too. In the name of Jesus. Now, don't forget those three things. He ruled or he began to reign early. He reigned for long and he had a good spiritual environment. God gave him success. Now, let us now see things that are explained as part of his exploit. Verse 6. He went to war against the Philistines and broke down the walls of Gath, Jabne, and Ashdod. He then rebuilt towns near Ashdod and elsewhere among the Philistines. God helped him against the Philistines and against the Arabs who lived in Gurbal and against the Mennonites. No, against the Mennonites. The Ammon Ammonites brought tribute to Uzziah and his fame spread as far as the border of Egypt because he had become very powerful. We see an aspect of exploit in going to war. A powerful man overcoming his enemy. Now, verse 9. Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem, the corner of Gad, at the valley of Gad, and at the angle of the wall, and he fortified them. He also built towers in the wilderness and dug many cisterns because he had much livestock in the foothills and in the plain. He had people working his fields and vineyards in the hills and in the fertile lands for he loved the soil or he loved agriculture. We see here a second aspect as a builder and a third aspect as an economic, uh, how can I say, a man who brought a huge impact in 
perfecting the economy of his kingdom. Are we together? May God give you power to fight all your enemies. You're not saying amen very well. May God also make you a builder in the name of Jesus. Meaning an entrepreneur doing things, a businessman, a businesswoman, don't fail in life in the name of Jesus. Verse 11. Uzziah had a well-trained army. We go back again to the aspect of army. Ready to go out by divisions according to their numbers as mastered by Jael, the secretary, and Masaiah, the officer under the direction of Ananiah, one of the royal officials. The total number of family leaders over the fighting men was 2,600. Under the command was an army of 307,500 men trained for war. How many men trained for war? Those are soldiers. 307,500. The army in South Africa has about 40,000 men, 30,000 soldiers. America, the active soldiers, it's about 500,000. But when you include all this, police, this and that, they come up to one million. But in those days already, this king managed to have 307,500 men, soldiers. So he was a powerful king. Now don't forget, this is a result of him beginning to reign early. This is a result of him reigning for long. This is a result of him having a good spiritual environment. Those three things brought about this success. What is it that he did again? Verse 14, Uzziah provided shields, spears, hamlets, coat of armor, bows, sling stones for the entire army. We can just say in our language today, he provided the equipment for the army. Like this uh, president in Russia is providing Satan too. Do you know Satan too? So when you look at him, say this is a powerful man. He has this missile that can destroy countries. Now, I'm giving you this illustration to understand how powerful this king was in those days. He provided. So his army was well equipped. This is once again a result of him reigning in life early, for long, and having a good spiritual environment. From the family to the temple. Are we together? What is it that again he did as an exploit? Verse 15. In Jerusalem he made devices invented for use on the towers and on the corner defenses so that soldiers could shoot arrows and hurl large stones from the walls. His fame spread far and wide. 
for he was greatly helped until he became powerful. I can say he also excelled in technology. If today the technology is, I don't know, 5G, internet, this and that, here we see that in those days, he excelled by inventing things. This is part of the success he had. The result of him beginning to reign early, for long, and in a good environment. Are we together? Now, verse 16 introduces a but. And this brings me back to what we saw already, the causes of pride. We saw five of them. Let me remind them quickly to you. Number one, we spoke about wealth. Wealth coming from God in general, because God is the giver of everything, can become the cause of pride. Number two, wisdom or knowledge, knowing, being well-educated, instructed, can become a cause of pride. Number three, beauty, excellence, can become the cause of pride. Number four, power, can become the cause of pride. And number five, that one is not coming from God at all. It is devilish, it is an attack. It is a spirit. It is a curse. Then we have seen pride as a curse, a, 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 an attack coming from the devil. Now, this king, as we have seen, he has been brought up in a good environment. He had a good man of God who brought him up in the fear of the Lord. He had a good mother who followed the steps of his father. He began to reign early. He reigned for long, 52 years. With a good environment, he became so powerful. Now, verse 16 says, but, say with me, but. After Uzziah became powerful, his pride led to his downfall. What led to his downfall? His own pride. Do you see that? Now the question is, this is not inherited pride because we have seen that his father did what was right in the sight of the Lord. He didn't copy his father. But this is natural. If you do not pay attention as a man, a human being, when you have power, you have money, you have glory, fame, you have knowledge, wisdom. If you are not careful, pride will begin to express. Now, what is it that he did exactly? So his pride led to his downfall. Now you understand, in the year King Uzziah died, Isaiah received this revelation because it was a tragic event. 
how a powerful king like him could have a tragic end. How someone who began very well and early and ruled for so long, how he could have such a tragic end. We will discover that tragic end. I pray that you do not experience that in the name of Jesus. No tragic end for you. But you have to know what to do. If not, you can also experience a tragic end. We see it also in the church today. You will never be called a next anointed man of God, woman of God, a next anointed child of God, no. In fact, the anointing at the end of your life will be greater than the anointing at the beginning of his life. That is the vision of life all of us should have. For that to happen, we have to know how to avoid pride. His pride led to his downfall. Pride will always lead to the downfall. Always. So the Bible says, He was unfaithful to the Lord his God and entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. That is what he did exactly. Now follow me. In those days... God established kings, prophets, and priests. The king to rule over the people, the prophet to hear from God and to instruct the king and the people, the priests to serve God in the temple. And the responsibilities were clear. Now, as a king, with all the success that he had, we do not know exactly what he saw that was wrong in the temple, what the priests were not doing right. Maybe the priests were late to offer perfumes. Maybe there was a kind of a disorder. Now, with the success he had, the knowledge he had, he said, okay, I will do it myself which he was not supposed to. Say with me, substitution is the expression of pride. Are we together? Not following the established order is the expression of pride. What was the order? You are the king, you sit on the throne, you let the priest do what they have to do in the temple. Even if there are mistakes there, a certain chaos there, you are not the one to come and fix that. But he went there and said, I will burn incense myself. It means I will offer the perfume to God. It's like I will lead the worship. I will present the sacrifices. Now, this reminds me that Lucifer, as part of the seraphim, 
who were supposed to say every day, holy, 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 24-7, is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Lucifer was tired of saying so. so mm -mm. How can I cover my face every day? Remember the teaching of last Sunday. He said, according to the revelation we have in Isaiah 14, verse 12 to 14, Lucifer said, that throne that I can't see, I want to see it. Not only I want to see it, I will sit on that throne. So the one who's seated on that throne, I will throw him out of there. That is substitution. I will substitute myself and become God. Take the place of God. That is pride. Are we not sometimes doing the same? You come in the church, maybe that day I set a program, I said, pastor is supposed to start preaching at 11. Now this is 11.10, the pastor is not there. Okay, you, you are an usher. Say, okay, since I'm the one ordering everything, now it's 11.10, I will start preaching. You come on the people to begin to preach. If you do that, you have substituted yourself. Yes, there is something wrong, but that does not give you the right to do what is not according to your responsibility. Most of the problems in the church is because we want to substitute ourselves, taking the place of others. Maybe because we have seen certain mistakes or we have seen that certain things are not done the proper way. Our pride easily leads us to do what is not according to our responsibilities. Am I teaching someone? So that is what the king did. Now listen to this. Verse 17. Azariah, the priest with 80 other courageous priests of the Lord followed him in. So they saw the king going, mm, this is not what is supposed to be done. This is something we, we have to do. So the chief priest Azariah with 80 other priests, they follow the king. The Bible says, other courageous priests. Now, that's, this word courageous is reminding us which attitude to have when we see pride. You resist someone who is full of pride. You are permitted. You are not saying amen very well. Amen. When I see pride in you, God tells me to resist you. Because that is exactly what God himself does. He resists the pride, but he favors the humble. Now, our problem is how to resist. The Bible also teaches us in James chapter 1, verse 17, submit to God... Resist the devil. Now, I will explain. Submit to God because he's holy. 
resist the devil because he's full of pride. And when you resist the devil who is full of pride, the more you resist him, he will flee. Are we together? Now, let me explain. The king was to be honored, yes. Is the high authority in the country, yes. Yet is doing what is not written. Is breaking the law. Do you submit to him because he's the king? Let me go deeper. Wives, submit to your husband. And men say, Amen. Amen. But when you are full of pride, what will your wife say? What will your wife do? She continues to submit. No. When you are full of pride, she has to resist you. Women say, Amen. Amen. But now your problem, you don't know how to resist. I will show you how to resist. Am I communicating? So by principle, you resist pride. Why? Because it leads to the downfall. I'm not resisting you because I hate you. I resist you because I don't want you to be destroyed. Or I don't want things around us to be destroyed. I must resist it. Hallelujah. Now let us see how they did resist the king. They confronted King Uzziah and said, take note of this, they said, confronted with respect. So they went to him and they said, it is not right you, Uzziah the king, to burn incense to the Lord. That is for the priest, the descendant of Aaron, who have been consecrated to burn incense. Leave the sanctuary, for you have been unfaithful, and you will not be honored by the Lord God. So what they are saying is exactly what the law says. You as a king, you do not do that. Do you see? Now, what is our problem? Don't forget the five things I have highlighted, how pride is expressed through our lips. Now, someone is wrong. You are supposed to honor that person. Now, his pride is expressing. Because you too, you are full of pride. When you speak to that person, it is with violence. When you speak to that person, it is with poisonous words. When you speak to that person, you belittle him. So now we have pride and pride expressing. I have spoken to him. Today he has heard me. But that is your husband. I have spoken to him, he will regret it for his entire life. That is your own father, your own mother. Yes, he was wrong. Yes, you saw pride in him or in her. But do you speak like that to your father, your mother, your husband? No. Your way of speaking is another expression of pride. 
am I communicating? May God help us to be purified. May God help us to be purified. Now, these priests, they spoke with respect. It is not up to you. Maybe you are confused, king. We don't know which dream you had today. But the law does not say that you are the one to do that. Please leave the temple. Leave this to the priest. Now, what was the mistake of King Uzziah? Verse 19. Uzziah, who had a censer in his hand, ready to burn incense, as I've said, is already in action. It feels like, no, this is to humiliate me. How are you asking me to put aside the incense that I, I have, I, I do have already in my hands? The Bible says he became angry. He was wrong. That is the expression of pride. He refused to hear what they told him, which was right. Don't do that. It's not up to you to do that. Instead of humbling himself, oh, I forgot. And we have just seen how the mother has been from Jerusalem. We have just seen how he was taught to walk in the fear of the Lord by a prophet, Zechariah. So he knew all these things. So he could have just said, okay, I remember. Since you have come at the right time, before I do that, I accept. But instead, the Bible says he became angry. While he was raging at the priest, raging at the priest means talking violently to them. You are wrong, and then you are shouting on people. He expressed again his pride. If I have to go in details, maybe say, so all of you, 81, you are coming against me like this. You can't respect me as your king. Go out there. Let me do what I have to do. And if I've come to do it, because you are not organized at all. So imagine all those words he could have said. As he was talking to the priest, before the incense altar in the Lord's temple, leprosy broke out on his forehead. Leprosy broke out. God did not agree with him. First of all, you have entered the temple to do what you are not supposed to do. But before you do it, my priests have descended and they have come to stop you so that you do not make that mistake. But in your pride, you speak to them anyhow. Your lips speak dangerous words, violent words. You belittle them. Now I myself, God, I will resist you. And God resisted him with leprosy. The law says, no, one with leprosy can enter the temple. First of all, it is a contagious disease. So once you have it, you must be isolated. 
So God was saying, because of your pride, you will be isolated forever. Don't be stubborn in your pride. It will lead you to total, complete isolation. People who were supposed to be in your environment to help you achieve your destiny, God will isolate you from them. Am I speaking to someone? Many do not discern that. They speak anyhow. They don't know that pride is isolating them from certain key people to usher them into their destiny. We do not realize that. We are deceived because we have to talk. Because we have to think, to do what we think is right to be done. Am I communicating? Not knowing that we are destroying ourselves. So leprosy broke out on his forehead. When Azariah, the chief priest, and all the other priests looked at him, they saw that he had leprosy on his forehead. So they hurried him out. Indeed, he himself was eager to leave because the Lord had afflicted him. Now he's becoming obedient. Some people, they will become humble after God himself has resisted him, resisted them. Because something now has taken place. That's the only moment now they accept. For him, he discerned that, oh, it's no longer my place here. Let me just go out. But it was too late. Verse 21 says, King Uzziah had leprosy until the day he died. Until the day this leprosy led to his death. He lived in a separate house, leprous, isolated. Don't be isolated from your brothers and sisters because of your pride. Don't be isolated as a man of God from other men of God and women of God because of your pride. I know too much. I can prophesy. When I cast out demons, before even they see me, they, they run away. Now, when other men of God invite you, say, you are not of my level. I do not go to those kind of churches. We hear those things in our men of God of today. Some men of God, when you invite them and say, which ticket are you buying for me? Business class or? So me, I don't go. If you are not at that level, don't invite me. Ah. So for you to come and preach, we must put you in business class. If, if we cannot afford it, it's the same aeroplane. If all of you have to die that day, all of you, you die. <laughs> business class or economic class. Now, for you to come and preach, you are telling us, if you can't pay a ticket for me in business class, I'm not coming. That is pride. And you say you are a man of God. So those who are in the economy class, they are stinking. They have demons. That's why you are in the first class. Pride is in the church, I'm telling you. Pride has entered the church. 
Unfortunately, some people are not ready to repent until God isolates them out of the sin, out of ministry, out of the anointing. Don't wait to reach that level. Live in humility. May God bless you. Put your hand together for the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. We want to praise. We want to praise. We want to praise.